0: Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon.
1: Morning guys, how are you going? Good. All right. So for those who don't know me, I'm Jess, um, and I have been interning the past year with York Street. and I've absolutely loved it. So we're going to continue it on again this year, which is really awesome. Now, as Bree said, like when I was preparing for this message and praying about what the Lord wanted me to speak about today, one word stood out to me the most. Now, I'd already felt God tell me to look into Ephesians and He was quite persistent about it, actually. And then as Ben spoke last week, it was just confirmation again that Ephesians was definitely the place that he wanted me to focus. But one word stood out to me the most in prayer, and that was one. I definitely thought, um, uh, what do you mean? (laughs) That's one word. Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Lord, do you mean the numerical number? Do you mean one as in woo the victory? Do you mean one like the same or identical? And he wasn't very clear, to be honest. And eventually it was revealed to me in the following passage. So we look to Ephesians 4, 4-6. to There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today, but before we do that, I just want to pray a little bit, okay? So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that are here today. I know that every single one of us is here for a reason. Lord, I just pray that we have our hearts and minds open to what you want us to hear. Lord, you know what we need. You know what our convictions are and what our minds need to be challenged in. So Lord, I just pray that we're open to hear those. I pray that your word brings guidance into our lives and that we are ready to hear what you have to say. In your almighty name, amen. So I don't know about you, but as a new young Christian, I never knew that I was doing the right thing. Was I reading the Bible right? Was I praying right? Like if I didn't bow my head and say amen, did it count? Like did God actually hear me? Don't even start me on worship because I was like, ah, uh, I don't want to touch that. I felt so confused and lost at church and around other Christians. I was scared to ask for help or clarification. I was ashamed that I didn't know the answer. But we all have different faith expressions, right? So maybe we grew up in the church. Maybe we didn't. We've probably all seen church in media and movies and in Instagram We all probably have an image in our mind of what it looks like, what happens, what you do there. But that image in my mind was completely distorted. Some faith expressions, you sit, you stand, you kneel, you sit, you stand, multiple times in a service. Or you sing hymns and you're also expected to know the words, just like High School Musical. (laughs) Or maybe the minister wears some cool attire, like ripped jeans or a red cap and a man bun. (laughs) I'm not pointing at anybody here. (laughs) Or they wear Crocs. Who knows? Perhaps there's candles that are lit. Perhaps there's a communion given out to you rather than you going to get it. Maybe communion's not given at all. Faith has so many different expressions. And for the most part, whilst we can agree to disagree on ritual and practices and religion, we're actually here to do one thing, right? We're here to come before God... To thank him, to honour him, to obey him, to be with him and to confide in him. So our practices in attending this building doesn't make us any more Christian than what our deeds do. So how can we concentrate on stop doing church and realign our thinking to be the church? So we'll bring it to Ephesians. Ephesians. Now Paul beautifully describes what this is like. The unity in the church, we as a community and how York Street here can play a part in being the church, the church that Jesus modelled from the very start. So the first part of Ephesians explores the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ and how we're chosen to be a part of God's family. We're chosen not out of our circumstances or what deeds that we've done, but we are chosen because of merely of God's grace. By his grace, we are made members of one universal church. So Paul underscores this, the idea of the reconciliation and peace through Christ in Ephesians 2.14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, dividing the wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create himself in one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. This passage beautifully illustrates how Christ is broken down the walls of hostility and reconciling us to God from one another. So this reconciliation forms the essence of the one church, emphasizing unity over division. Now, the non-Jews at this time have been invited into a new family. When we accept Jesus into our hearts, we are adopted into a family. Firstly, we're adopted into his family, And we accept ourselves as the children of God that we always were. But we also accept a whole new family, a community. And as Ben said last week, we've been created in Jesus Christ for good works. And we see this in Ephesians 2 8. For it's by grace that you've been saved. Through faith, this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I've always been someone filled with pride about being little miss independent, being able to provide for myself, being able to stand alone. I don't need any help. It was a huge whack in the face when I realised that I actually can't do this alone. I've always had my beautiful family here in Ballarat, who've always have and always will love me, but I wanted to be able to do it alone. I wanted to be able to prove to myself and others that I'm okay. It wasn't until I realised that I actually can't do this alone, I started to see a change in me. Firstly, I started to trust in the Lord and trusting in others around me. Now, I tell you this because I became better at accepting help from God, firstly, but from also from my community. It's definitely still a work in progress and still a lesson that I'm still learning, but it'll take time to not only learn to accept the help, but to also ask for it outwardly when I need it. It's as easy as saying, hey, I'm really struggling right now, could use some prayer? Or hey, can I have somebody help me keep me accountable for my prayer life? or my scripture reading, or whatever it is that you need accountability for. There are people around you who love you and care for you, and it's one of the reasons why we actually have a family like this. We can support each other and build each other up, just as what Christ would do. It's about being the church and being someone that loves others, because that's what Jesus would do, right? So who here really actually struggles to ask for help? Better yet, who here actually struggles to accept the help when it's offered? And I've been guilty of being too proud. I've been scared to show weakness, that if I let people see that I needed help, that I would be seen as weak. I'd be looked down on, pitied, laughed at, gossiped. But pride is definitely the enemy of acceptance to help. So I went through a period over the last 18 months where I needed my family and community more than I ever thought I would. I had to accept that I was not okay. Yes, please, I'd really like to come for dinner. Yes, thank you for sharing your home with me. Yes, Jesus help me. Pride won't win. Now, family can be chosen, and this family, God's family, was chosen. We've all been gifted with the most beautiful gift, God's grace and love. He's gifted us with a community, a church, people who are here Earthside who can help you. People say to me all the time, Jess, you church people are so nice. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they say, well, you're always so kind and genuine and actually want to help people. And every time they say that, I think I'm so thankful that I'm someone who gets to be associated with the church people because I get to be associated with nice and caring and kind to everybody. It's just an example of how we can example Christ-like behaviour to those around us. We then get to start a conversation with them about Christ, about the church... And how cool is that that we actually get to spread the word of God just from being nice? Because Jesus, people see us and see see Christ in us and that's how they see Christ. So do you want to be someone that just knows Jesus or do you want to be someone where someone can say I see Jesus in you? So we are one. We are the church, each and every one of us. We represent Jesus. We represent what he wanted for us. We support, help one another. We're all different, and we all come from different walks of life. We all came from different families, but believe it or not, we're actually a part of one family, the family of Jesus Christ. So whether or not that you belong to this physical place at York Street, or from another church in Ballarat, or Melbourne, or you're just visiting for the day, you're a part of one body. So I saw Christ through the actions of others. I saw what it was like to live a life full of love, laughter, joy and chaos, peace in my darkest times. And we can do that for others as well. So have you ever felt like you've needed more support and you didn't know where to go? Or have you ever been too caught up in your own pride to actually in stubbornness to actually ask for help? So ask yourself: how can I reflect Christ? How can I, as an individual, example Christ-like behavior to help others see God? But better yet, how can we as a community reflect Christ? How can we be the church? Now, unity doesn't mean uniformity. What does that mean, Jess, you ask? But by uniformity, by definition means remaining the same in all cases and at all times, unchanging in form or character. Whereas unity means, by definition, means the state of being united or joined as a whole. So when I say unity doesn't mean uniformity... I mean that being one and together doesn't mean we have to be all the same. We don't have to do the same things, like express our worship in the same way, or we don't have to serve the same way in the church. We don't have to tithe the same amount. Being a community doesn't mean that we have to be a uniform. It doesn't mean that it does mean though that we're standing and believing in the one thing. We are one body with one faith who believes in one God. And that's what unifies us. So we can easily do that. We can be praying for each other. We can be giving someone a hand moving, cooking meals for each other. And together, as York Street Church, we are equipped with the best armour and defence force. We have the power of one body. We've seen so many challenges over the last year, but this year we need to be together and we need to be united. So let's be the community. Let's be the church at York Street. Now Jesus gave us a way to be equipped for ministry, believe it or not. So in Ephesians 4.12 it reads, To equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now this doesn't necessarily mean being serving in the church ministry directly. But how do we work and serve in God's ministry? And Paul gives us a template on how to do this. So get rid of all bitterness and rage and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Proactively and practically, using habits like prayer and scriptures and relationships with others, actually unifies us to grow and mature as followers of Christ. He challenges people to respond to the gospel story by how they live their own life. Now, in Ephesus, the population consists of many different people. There's the Jews and the Gentiles. And they would have worshipped many, many different gods. Now, the non Christians were physically alive, but they were spiritually dead. They did not have access to the Jewish temples. But what's so powerful is that through Jesus' death and resurrection, God actually reveals himself to them. The temples were a fixed physical place where Jews came to worship. But through the ultimate sacrifice, the people became the church. Therefore, the church became the temples. They were able to worship Jesus anywhere. And God restored this so that everyone could have access to him. The temples were no longer confound to a physical structure. They were born again as new humans with the spirit through Jesus and that barrier was torn down. And they were unified together, a unified humanity that can live together in hope of eternity. God has a plan for us to help, to help us find a place in the body of Christ. We have one call and one mission. We're all from different walks of life, yet we belong to one covenant. Paul emphasizes the unity that believers share in Christ, the transcending boundaries and fostering the spiritual oneness that forms the foundation of the body of Christ. Now in Ephesians 5, Paul challenges the Ephesians to take off their old humanity and put on their new humanity, kind of like clothes. So we read in Ephesians 5.15, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Therefore do not be foolish and understand what the Lord's will is. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Okay, but how do we do this practically? How can we do the same? How can we take off the garment of worldliness and put on the garment of grace? Can we take off lying but put on truth? Take off harbouring anger and put on peace to resolve the conflicts? Take off stealing and put on generosity? Take off gossiping and put on words of encouragement to other people. Take off revenge and put on forgiveness. Take off impulse indulging and put on self-control practices. Take off getting drunk and put on influencing behaviors that glorifies the Lord. Paul delves into the diversity of the spiritual gifts within the body of Christ. Each member with unique gifts contributes to the foundation of the church. He urges us to maintain the unity of the spirit, reminding us that despite our differences, we are one body with one Christ and one hope. So as we reflect on the teachings of Ephesians, let us strive for the unity that Paul passionately encourages Let us transcend our cultural, our physical and our individual differences. Recognising that in Christ, we're actually bound together in love. One church is not confined to a physical structure. It is a living, breathing entity that spans across the world. Until we are called home, we actually get to do this thing called life together. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything as one. Paul calls us to live our life in faith in a manner that reflects the unity and love of Christ. Let us be ambassadors of reconciliation, embodying the grace and peace that our Christ has bestowed upon us. Let our lives resonate with timeless truth that we are one in Christ and that may this unity actually shine as a testimony to the world. So today, as we leave, I want you to think... What do I need to change so that I can reflect Christ in my everyday life? How can I be the church in my everyday life? Because there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for all that are here today. Lord, I pray that as we leave today, we can reflect, each and every one of us reflect, on how we can be more Christ-like in our everyday life. What do we need to change in order to be able to reflect you to others? Lord, I pray that we can come together as a community, support one another, encourage one another to reflect the Christ-like behaviours that we all know we need. Lord, I pray that our hearts were convicted and our minds challenged. And Lord, I pray that we can all walk away today seeing you in a new light. And I pray this in your almighty name. Amen.
0: If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.